Well, today we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration. And herein is revealed the divinity of our Lord. I think uh, it's probably the case that it was little by little that the disciples came to understand that their Lord, whom they, they pretty quickly came to recognize as the Messiah, the promised Messiah of Israel, was not just the Messiah of Israel, but was also God, God in the flesh. And it was a process, but uh, for at least these three apostles, Peter, James, and John, the Mount of Transfiguration would have been one of the kind of high points uh, in their personal growth and understanding just who this Jesus of Nazareth really was. And uh, interestingly enough, I'll just draw your attention in, in the, to the text at two points. It says, His face shone like the sun. And then it says, Moses and Elijah appeared conversing with him. Now, if we go back to the Old Testament to the figures of Moses and Elijah, we learn from Exodus, on the one hand, about Moses, who went up another mountain, Mount Sinai. And he said to God, Let me see your face. And God said, You cannot see my face, but I'll cause all my glory to pass by you, and you'll I'll put my hand over you as you are in the cleft of the rock, and as I pass by, I'll remove the hand, and you'll be able to see the, the back parts of my glory. Now, God has no body, the divine nature, I should say. The divine nature has no body. It's not corporeal. It's not bodily. And uh, Moses' experience of seeing the glory of God would have been a very transcendent mystical experience. He wasn't seeing something necessarily with with his eyes. Okay? Uh, But nonetheless, look at what he wanted to do. He wanted to see the face of God. That was his desire. And so also, Elijah in the Old Testament, in, in, uh, I think it's 1 and 2 Kings, Elijah goes to Mount Sinai. And he climbs Mount Sinai and he is seeking God. And there's a great earthquake, and there's a great fire, and there's a great storm that passes by outside the, the cleft or the cave within which Elijah is standing. Probably very well could be the same spot Moses stood hundreds of years before him, seeking the face of God. And so also Elijah is seeking the face of God. And as the storm passes by, and the fire, and the earthquake, and so forth and so on, God is not seen. And then there is a small whispering sound, a a gentle wind. And the voice of God says to Elijah, you know, Elijah, why are you here? And Elijah walks out, and it's very interesting what he does. He covers his face as if, you know, he he cannot, he he wants to see God, but he's not quite worthy, so he covers his face. In any event, both these Old Testament figures, Moses and Elijah, What they saw in their lifetimes was not achieved. They sought the face of God. It was not achieved. 
But then when God became man and took up into himself a fully human nature, God, from that point on, had a face that could be seen. And here we have the divine glory, luminous, flowing forth from the face of Jesus Christ, whose face is the very face of God that that Moses and Elijah saw in the Old Testament. And finally, Moses and Elijah have found what they were seeking. And so, for us, my brothers and sisters, we, we need, like Moses and Elijah, to ardently seek the face of God in silence, in prayer. We have to shut out the busyness of the world, the angry thoughts, the images and the distractions that flutter through our consciousness. We need to place ourselves in the presence of God. And we need to seek his face, which can be found in Jesus Christ. And so this is our prayer today, that we would behold the divinity of Jesus and that we would in prayer and in quiet and in contemplation, that we too, like Moses and Elijah, would see the face of God.